Welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. Joining me here today is you. So you, I'm super excited for you to be joining me on this episode. I love your background. You've been in multiple different areas of life. You've done a ton of things. And I, I want to, first of all, like, I want you to introduce yourself, tell us a bit more about who you are and kind of your journey and how you got to where you are now. Gee, well, first of all, thank you very much for the invite. How much time do we have? My journey, I, I, I guess my journey has been a journey of discovery and, and along the, the path, I've realized that um, I had to make my own footsteps. I, I couldn't be a copycat of somebody else and walk in their shoes. I had to walk in my shoes. And in the process, um, be willing to stumble, to fall, and if you're lucky, and which is my case, have people around you who are prepared to give you some assistance, pick you up, give you a pat on the back, and kind of push you down the road. And so I'm an extremely lucky guy. I've had a rich career. I have a wonderful family. I have good friends, but I think the key is I, I had individuals who saw something in Hugh McLeod that I didn't see in myself. They had confidence in me before I had confidence in me. Mm. They gave me chances to grow, to learn, to experience because they had faith in my abilities. And I'm at a stage in my life now that I wanna give back to emerging leaders. And in so doing, it's my way of saying thank you to all those that have had a hand in helping to shape and give meaning to the purpose of my life. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned something. You talked about discovery. Discovery of what? What were you, what are you trying to discover in this world? Great question. And so I think discovery takes on all kinds of meanings, mm. depending on the context, depending on the individual. But for me, what it really centered on was discovering who I was, mm. going inside and coming to terms with the strengths that I had, but more importantly, my weaknesses and beginning to understand those weaknesses and not be shy. Um, and over time learning that the more I surrounded myself with people who were stronger in certain areas, where I was weak, the stronger I became. Mm. And they no longer became a threat to me. They actually were helping me because the reality is we're all imperfect. We all have strengths, but we all have weaknesses. Unfortunately, we've been conditioned from an early age and we're conditioned in our entry into the workforce to wear the mask that we're perfect at everything. Mm. 
because mm. we're in competition mm. for that position. We're in competition for that box on the organizational chart. Mm. And so the last thing that you are going to do is witness and show your vulnerability. And yet the irony is when you are vulnerable, when you come to terms with your strength and your weakness, mm. you actually become liberated mm. because you no longer have to pretend. Mm. Awesome. And you talked a lot about figuring out who you are going within. So then who are you? What are your Great strengths? Question. What are your weaknesses? Great question. I mean, I, I, I think if I have a single strength, and, I, and it's interesting that you raise the question and frame it the way you did about going inside. Yeah. My greatest mentor in life was my grandfather. And I didn't realize at the time the wisdom that he had. It was years later, it begins to percolate inside. And even though he's been long gone and no longer with me in the physical presence, mm. His words continue to whisper in my ear even today. And as a young, first of all, as a teenager, then as a young man, he had many pearls of wisdom, but three stuck out for me that go to the question that you asked. And the first one, he said, always look through and around the obvious. Mm. And I never truly at the time understood the power of that. But what he was really saying, do not react first. Mm. We tend to react to the outside present. Mm. We tend to react to the outside issue. What we're not very good at is going inside mm. and asking ourselves, are we reacting to the outside or are we reacting to the our inside? And do we truly understand why our inside is reacting to the outside? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Are, are we creating those false narratives? Are we creating those false assumptions based on our experiences, our past experiences? Mm. So the whole notion of going inside and becoming you starts with, I think, having those honest conversations inside mm. and when the emotional activity on the outside is at its highest, mm. it's when you need to go more inside yeah. and check in with your internal observer. Mm. And without, so that, that was the first lesson. I think mm. the second lesson of, of going inside was the other piece of advice my grandfather gave me was, do not tell people what you can do. Mm. Show them what you can do. And there is a big difference between the telling and the doing. Yeah. And I, I think that has really helped because we've all seen over and over again in our careers, people talking, mm. telling, but then never delivering. Mm -hmm. And as a leader, that's the worst thing you can do because people are watching. Mm. And if you want to develop trust, you better walk the talk. Mm. 
And the last piece, which connects to that always watching, when you're in a leadership position, it's a privilege. And it should be viewed as a privilege mm -hmm. to be in a leader position. And when I say leader position, it's not about title. Mm -hmm. A title does not make you a leader. And having a title doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a leader. Mm -hmm. I've seen leadership from every phase of an organization. It's about people going above and beyond in service to others. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how you can be in service to others if you haven't checked inside first mm -hmm. and become truly service to yourself. Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. And so two, like a few questions came up. One of them is you, you mentioned about uh, when the outside world kind of triggers you, you need to kind of dive deep within to figure out, okay, what's within me that's getting triggered by the outside world. But what about the people who, who like really annoy you, who trigger you? Because uh, you mentioned earlier that you're blessed, you have people who support you, you had great mentors. But what are the people who kind of see or bring out the worst side of you? Like, to what extent do you kind of internalize the outside world? And to what extent do you say, okay, you know what, this person I don't want to engage with. This is out of my, out of my life. I don't want to be spending my time and energy with because they don't bring me positive energy. You might... That's a great question. And, mm. and I think we all, both in our social lives, mm. in our private lives, and in our professional lives, we've all been there mm -hmm. where you've tried. I guess my caution is, but that shouldn't be the first reaction. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because the first should be, am I contributing to this? Mm-hmm. What's my role in this? Mm -hmm. I give you an example. When I think, I mean, one of the one of the wonderful things about getting older is you have a life to look back on. You have a you have journeys, you have paths, you have discoveries that that cover many many years. And so you get if you if you spend enough time going inside and being reflective. And if you're honest in that reflection, you get to a place where, where I was leading into the writing of my book, I began to realize that over my both personal and professional career, I was involved in thousands of interactions with other people that if they had been just tweaked Mm -hmm. could have resulted in a different result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what was common in all those interactions? Me. I was present in all of them. Yeah. And therefore, I had a role in maybe on that day because I was tired, maybe because that day, even though it was, quote, an interaction, mm -hmm. a meeting, mm -hmm. I was not totally present. Because I was still thinking about the meeting I had just come from. Mm -hmm. That didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wasn't really present in the moment with you. Mm -hmm. 
And if I'm not present in the moment with you, mm -hmm. there is a risk that I could react mm -hmm. as opposed to acting in a proper manner. Mm -hmm. okay? and, and you mentioned being present. How mm -hmm. can you align yourself or realign yourself to be present in that moment if for example you like you mentioned like if you had a bad meeting and your mind is just stuck in this bad meeting how can you realign yourself get back to your present moment and um kind of be focused again instead of being stuck there great question and 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 you know that would be a that would be a workshop all of its yeah. own and there are no simple solutions, but I think the first is mm -hmm. the simple, the simple asking of that question mm -hmm. is an important first stop. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't, then I don't know how you ground yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're if because really your question is really on a question of awareness, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That if I am aware that I am not going to be present today. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't know if you've done it, but I think we've all done it with friends that like, I just want to, you know, I, I'm not in a great mood today. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not really here. Well, then your friend at least knows that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. knows that the reaction maybe is at 100%. Mm -hmm. If there's one piece of advice that mm -hmm. I could give to all leaders, regardless of title, Mm -hmm. is move away from this badge of honor mm -hmm. that we, we tend to all wear in our new fast-paced global environment that we live in. And what is that badge of honor? Mm -hmm. The badge of honor is that I have to fill every minute of my calendar mm -hmm. Monday through Sunday. The problem with that is if you don't free up your calendar for you, mm -hmm. How do you ever decompress? Mm. How do you ever get to reflection and self-awareness and spending time for yourself and get ready to be present in the moment with others? Mm. If I am running from meeting to Zoom to meeting to face meeting to telephone call, and if that's my calendar at work, mm -hmm. it's impossible mm -hmm. to be present in the moment. Yes. So my, my key advice to, to leaders is take time out for you, mm -hmm. to, for you to think about that meeting. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself the question, was I prepared for that meeting? What mm -hmm. could I have done differently? What's my learning, my takeaway from that meeting? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which and will hopefully over time prompt you to be better for your next mm. being present in the moment situations. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a good point where you said free your calendar for you. Yes. But what if someone does not know what you time is or my time is for them? How, how would they be able to free the calendar to do the things that light them up, inspire them, ground them? Well, I, I think the kernel in your question is simply, I'm going to rephrase it, is mm -hmm. some people mm -hmm. do not embrace or understand mm -hmm. 
the gift of self-reflection and becoming aware of who they are. Uh-huh. And I think you and I talked about it by the first time you met and you talked about one of your classes or the community at, at the university you were going to. And you, you said to me, you just found it so great, the richness of the reflections and the awareness. Yeah. Uh, and, and it is in my book called Humanizing Leadership, there are three cross-cutting themes in the book. And the first theme is reflection fuels. Mm-hmm. And I deliberately use that theme because if you don't spend time of reflection, how do you refuel yourself? Mm. And and again, I don't think enough people spend time, mm. the quiet time with self to reflect. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, I'm trying to make it simple that it's really about me in my relationship with me. If I don't have a good relationship with me, mm-hmm. I don't know how I can have a good relationship mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. It's foundational. Mm-hmm. So that whole notion, again, of personal reflection, being self-aware, kind of goes back to where we started our conversation. It begins to identify your cracks. It begins to identify the strengths that you have, the gifts mm-hmm. that you have. You, you mentioned um, how to have a good relationship with you. How do you start building that if many people are dealing with fear, guilt, anxiety stuck in their past? How can they start? Or at least one advice that you have for people just to kind of start having this. Because I personally believe it's a, it's a journey within to start the self-love and this unconditional love that one has for themselves is 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 amazing when you actually feel it and sense it but it it takes a lot of healing and deconstructing and letting go so for you how were you able to build this good deep relationship within you great question and i love the way you framed it because you talked about self-love about healing Mm -hmm. but you also use the words letting go Mm -hmm. and that is just so important and it doesn't come overnight Mm -hmm. you know the the african poet machado said you know the journey is your footsteps nothing else Mm. and when you think about it is is your footsteps and it is a lifelong journey Mm. of discovery I continue to discover each and every day and every encounter I have. Mm. Why? Because if you're open to receive, you'll be open to discovery. It's Mm. about figuring out ways to create in, in yourself an openness of your mind, your heart, Mm -hmm. and your will. Because I think the question that you're really asking is about your will to do it. We know we have to open our head. We know that. Because that's the thinking part. But we also know to balance the thinking part, we have to open our heart. But the question is, do you have the will to do it? Because the will and the intention is everything. 
and without the will and the intention, it doesn't materialize. Mm -hmm. A huge gift that I was given many, 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 many years ago, mm -hmm. when I did my graduate studies, I was having coffee with one of my professors, mm -hmm. and he asked a question, and he said, Hugh, do you journal? Mm. I said, excuse me? Yeah. I mean, like, keep a diary? And he <laughs> said, no, do you journal? Yeah. And I said, no. And he said, you should think about it. If you want to really begin to discover you and grow you, yeah. journal. It's your own private space. Mm. And so I've been journaling for over 30 years. Wow. And and what is what is interesting, and I've I've kept all of my material that I've journaled on, and what I thought were major life issues of 30 years ago <laughs> versus what I'm journaling today, yeah. I laugh because actually what it is, it, it's a demonstration of my progress and my growth as an individual. And so it, it, it not only was a vehicle to help me go inside, but it was also a reward system at the same time because it was personal and I could actually see my progress. Mm. So if you're looking for a little gift, that, that would be a gift. I mean, it was given to me. I've shared this with a lot of people. Not everybody has done it, but those who have got into journaling have journaling has thanked me yeah. years later about the, the profound impact it had on their development because mm. they were the, even the writing down and I still do it I don't do it on the computer I still write down because there's something magic mm. about putting pen to paper and writing mm. it down in your little quote diary of a journal yeah <laughs> so so what do you journal about like when do you journal what do you journal about so the topics range, but typically mm. it's about if there's a frame, the, the most obvious frame is I journal about an encounter. So it could be a personal encounter, it could be a business encounter, it could be a professional encounter, mm. it could be an encounter with my one of my grandchildren. And mm. it's basically, man, that went well today. Why? Mm. Or uh, I wish I would have done this. Well, mm. why didn't I? Mm -hmm. so it's very personal mm -hmm. um it could be the meeting uh that meeting did not go much the meeting the meeting with my board today went off the rails yeah what was my contribution to that meeting going off the rails mm -hmm. what could i have done differently was i prepared for that meeting mm -hmm. did i allow did i allow my my biases my my internal observer did it shut down on me and i i reacted to the questions from the board because i thought they were micromanaging me mm. and did that get in the way of progress mm. so do you do that reflection after every moment in your life or do you like wake up in the morning and reflect about your previous day how, yeah. how do you do that combination of things depending where i where i am and mm. when it, in, when I, in my professional life, it was depending on my busyness. So sometimes in the morning, it was either mornings or evenings. Mm. And it wasn't every day, but I tried to be disciplined. It was a couple days a week. Mm. So as you can imagine, I have quite an extensive library of personal mm. reflections mm. over the years. But it's also 
I didn't keep it just to work because I think that is a mistake because we we are a whole individual and often our actions at work also begin their foundation from actions outside work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in reality, as a leader, you shouldn't be really much different than you are at home than you are mm -hmm. at work. Yeah. A whole pile of people transform into something different <laughs> yeah. on their way to work. Yeah. Right? Mm. So it, it it depends on the on the week, depends on the situation, but mm. what what is always common is a sort of a deep reflection of what was my contribution to that moment, mm. what could have I have changed, and really asking the serious question. And if the answer was no, then the follow-up question, so what I, what am I gonna do to ensure I don't repeat that? Mm. Because if, if I repeat it, I am not learning. Mm -hmm. what, what sorry what about what about reflection that allows you to look at the situation from a different perspective because uh, i like this quote by einstein i i, I can't i don't i don't want to mess it up but it, uh, the theory behind that was you cannot solve the same problem uh, you cannot solve the problem with the same I think, do you know what? It's like you can't solve the problem with the same place that you started, but it's kind of, you need to look at it from a different perspective to solve it. So like in journaling, how do you get to that, this different perspective? Who are you talking to? Who are you, like, what, what is going on in your mind that allows you to look at it from a different way? Well, it, it starts with being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. I mean, if... I mean, Einstein was right. If you continue to supply the same solution to the mm. same problem mm. over and over again, mm. you're not going forward. Mm. And so, and again, I, I think in, a, in an inch way, over time, I began to realize it also went back to what my grandfather said, always look through and around the obvious. Well, reflection helps you to look through it and not always land in that same spot. Mm. You know, we, we talked earlier about believe that leadership is a bridge, and I believe it is, then we owe it to ourselves, but we also owe it to others mm. to be at the top of our game mm. and forever grow. Mm. I don't know how you grow don't grow if mm. you don't reflect mm. mm -hmm. if you're not self-aware of your contribution or not to the situation mm. and that can only happen by kind of taking times out I mean, it, it, if you think about it mm -hmm. in some way you know i and i i, I think about where we had some technical challenges this morning with technology. So when I think about the brain, if you will, mm. um, we, we, are, we are a human and we operate within human systems. But we also, each one of us, because we are unique, we come into this world with our own DNA. 
there is no single recipe for leadership mm. and people stop have to stop thinking that there is mm. theory is important i get it but you have to experience it mm. you have to grow along the journey but we all live a rich life in our heads in our unique heads mm. we we create we author we edit we direct we produce and we act in our own internal drama mm. and so does everybody else <laughs> yeah right yeah and we make assumptions about an other person's internal drama mm -hmm. without actually asking them <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100% so again, I think all of that just reinforces again the power mm -hmm. of self-reflection to say, what's really operating in your internal drama today? Yeah. And and so that's such a great point, you know. And and the thing is, not everyone is open to that. That's something that I realized. So let's say I'm having a conversation with someone, I'm like, okay, so. I'm I'm open. I'm all ears. I wanna. I'm curious about this person. I don't wanna label or judge anything about that person. But then you you genuinely care because you wanna build a deeper relationship. And then you ask this person. They're like, Yeah, you're you're too you're overthinking it. Uh, this is useless information. Don't talk to me, don't don't talk to me about it. And I think there's people who are not there yet and don't care enough about it. And it hurts. But I I guess you kind of need to acknowledge this and and realize that. It's okay that not everyone is going to accept this or like it, but that I mean that's what I learned, and it's it's a thing that's going to show you who are the people that vibe with you and who don't really. Oh, I, I, I well said, and I, I won't say any more on that. I mean, I completely agree with you. Think about your own personal, both on the personal side and on mm. the professional side, of interactions that you've had with people. And I'm going to pose a very simple test to you. Yeah. I would suggest that magic happens in those inter interactions when the other person actually leans in to listen. Mm. Right? Mm. And at that moment, there is something happening now between the two of you because mm -hmm. it's about respect. Mm -hmm. That person is showing empathy. They're showing caring because they've actually leaned in to listen to you. Mm. The other group that you talk about, mm. they're actually leaning back. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Because no, 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 no. Because because I think what's operating inside them, they're fearful. You are being so forthcoming that there is an expectation that you want them to be, and they're not ready for it. Mm. Interesting. Right? Because yeah. you're right. Not everybody is willing. You know, many, 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 many years ago, I was on a, at a workshop and the speaker said something. And it has stuck with me now for probably over 35 years. So, you know, sometimes those little nuggets in life have a lasting impact. Mm -hmm. And the the workshop was on the power of relationships because mm. really that's what we're talking about here yeah right yeah, yeah. and he, he said what goes on between people mm. 
defines what an organization is and more importantly, what it can become. I think that applies to everything in life. Yeah. Because it is a relationship that we have. Mm. Sadly, I think in the organizational space, we're so fixated on a microwave culture of quick fix. Mm. Who's, who's sitting in what box on the organizational chart mm -hmm. we forget that the organization hums works when the relationship patterns between people are healthy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when the patterns are not healthy problems occur 100%. but that happens in personal life also when the relationship patterns are healthy, magic happens. 100%. And, and you know, when you, when you mentioned this, uh, today I came across a post that said, uh, people can only meet you as deeply as they meet themselves. And I found that very resonating to exactly what you said. If people are kind of stopping you. You kind of, when you mentioned like you, people, when you kind of are curious about them and actually want to have deep conversations, they're stopping you because... Maybe they're not in a state where they're open to that, which I found very interesting that you mentioned that. Well, no, no question. And I think it goes back again to the, the on the openness part, it goes mm -hmm. back to our previous conversation on the power of self-reflection and mm -hmm. taking time out. Mm -hmm. And in, and in my case, using the journaling as, mm -hmm. as the exercise, as the entry to mm -hmm. understanding my own internal drama. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the key to all of this is learning. And if you are learning, if you are truly learning, it isn't what you do or you did that's important. Mm -hmm. It's what you do next. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that being openness helps you to get to a place, okay, now what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. You're so right. Because so many times uh, I noticed too is, let's say you messed up, you stay stuck in this place of, oh, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. And when you think that you can't move forward, you can't take this next step instead of saying, okay, you know what? I messed up. That's okay. I'm human. How can I do it better next time? And then the thing is you do it again next time you mess up again. But I mean, it takes time for you to get it right. And, and that's something we forget. We forget that it takes time and it, it's okay if you learned that lesson, but you messed up again, it messed up 120 times till you finally get it right. And it sticks. That's just amazing. Um, you know, think of the child that moves from crawling to walking mm. the number of times they fall before mm. they can actually walk 100%. the number of times they fall before they can run mm. mm -hmm. about never giving up mm -hmm. it's about again it's not what you do or you did mm -hmm. it's about what you do next Amazing. And you talked a lot about journaling and how journaling has helped you. Do you ever go back to reading what you've written in your journals? I do. And, and um, one, of, one of the, it was almost therapeutic in a way. 
interesting. Um, writing my book, I spent a lot of time going back to the journaling. Mm -hmm. And just a little vignette here. Um, when I finished the book, I got a call from the publisher. And of course, all the proofing's been completed. And they, mm -hmm. they send me, uh, and I'm pretty excited because it's actually a book. <clears throat> my 15 months of writing has come to an end. And I said to the publisher, the publisher asked the question, so how are you feeling? And I said, great. And I said, what am I about to say you're not going to want to hear, but I truly believe this. Mm -hmm. I said, now that it's completed, I don't really care if I sell a single copy of the book. Mm -hmm. And if I do, that's icing, because I came to a conclusion mm -hmm. that this was my journey. Yeah. This was my story. And that 14 months of writing was so therapeutic to be able to reflect back on both my personal mm. and my professional life, to read the journals over again and mm. to say, man, I've made some progress here. Yeah. Okay. So, mm. so a great question. And um, all, all of those who I know who journal, they have the same reaction. It, it, it's not only personal, but it's their personal scorecard, if you will, yeah. of their individual progress, because mm. it is individual. Mm. How were you able to, how were you able to kind of finish the book? I feel that so many people have the challenge of like writing and stopping and not sure if this is right. Is this what I want to talk about? What do I want to even talk about? Is it worth it? Like, how did you go on? Well, it's interesting about stopping. I mean, my uh, my youngest son, who's very creative, helped me <clears throat> in some of the editing. Mm -hmm. And like, I kept on revising the book and yeah. I kept on changing things. And he, he'd say, stop. Yeah. Because it's like the artist doing a painting. Yeah. It's never good enough. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But he said, if you have all that energy and if you have all those ideas, save it for a second book. Oh, yeah. bring, closure, bring closure to your first book. Yeah. And so it was great advice because I could have kept on writing, mm -hmm. editing, rewriting, editing, yeah. wake up in the morning with a new idea. Oh. And, and and you have to at some time say, time out. Yeah. The book is finished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let it go. The the real the real question though, and I, and I and I think it goes back to the notion of fear that you raised before about going inside and mm. and being vulnerable. Was there a bit of fear, a bit of anxiety in publishing the book? Of course there was. Mm. What will people think? Mm -hmm. You know, and then again, my son, who is an artist, I thought about him and I thought, you know, every time he does the painting and every mm. time he hangs that in himself out there, as any performer is. Mm. And that's what writers do, that's what dancers do, that's what sing artists do, that's what actors do. That's what we do mm. day in, day out. We're putting ourselves out there. Mm. And the key is, and we're not putting ourselves for others to say who you are. You're putting yourself out there for you. Mm. 
And so putting the book out there, it was my book. It was my mm. views of the world. I had an idea. Mm. And as you see, I have a very extensive library. I'm a junkie for leadership studies. But what I found, what was missing in the majority of books mm. and why my book is called Humanizing Leadership mm -hmm. is very few capture the human side mm. of leadership. And I think what we've talked about today mm. is the human side of leadership. Mm -hmm. It is a human endeavor. Mm -hmm. Organizations, yes, they may make things, but the reality is they are human systems. Mm. And when the relationship patterns, as we talked about before, are healthy in those human systems, those organizations and the people inside those organizations mm -hmm. thrive. Mm -hmm. So do you believe everyone is a leader? I do. I, I really do in, in mm -hmm. a different way. And I'm going to give you just a very, very simple illustration of that. Mm -hmm. Many years ago, <clears throat> my wife's sisters had a traumatic health care issue. And so she's rushed, rushed to a large teaching hospital. And then the next day, the family in, in different little groups is allowed to go in to see her. And she's in this room and there's all kinds of apparatus and she's plugged into all kinds of machines. And Mary walks into the room. Mm -hmm. And Mary is the housekeeper. Okay. And Mary introduces herself by her name. Mm -hmm. And she basically said, hi, my name is Mary. My job is to keep this room sterile and clean mm -hmm. so your loved one mm -hmm. will not be subject to any infections or whatever, 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 mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then she left after she did her job with a smile. And, you know, in that moment, she showed leadership. How? Mm -hmm. She gave us confidence mm -hmm. that if the housekeeper at this teaching hospital had that much passion, that much caring, mm. that much thoughtfulness about her role, then this must be a good place to come to heal. Mm. Right? She showed leadership on that day. Mm. From what I heard, it, it was, it was, she was so confident in what is it that she can offer and also, she saw the value of that, too. Yes, very good. Mm. And what's real leadership? Real leadership has to be anchored on a value, mm. on principles. It's about a result. It's about passion. It's about commitment. Mm. It's about demonstrating, mm. right? Mm. It's about taking action. Mm. It's about creating confidence. It's about building their reputation. She did all of that mm. in about a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So was she a leader? Yeah. Mm. Was she a leader on the organizational chart? Mm. No. Mm. I mean, I, I mentioned the organizational chart. So let me, let me rant just a bit here. Yeah. I find it interesting and i get it i i understand the importance of an organizational chart because it shows you decision making etc i understand all that mm -hmm. the problem is 
It's a series of boxes with lines that typically go from the top to the bottom because mm. it's a hierarchy. And when you ask people, that's the portrait of the organization. I'm going to say to you, that is not the organization. The real organization lives and breathes in all of the white space between all those boxes. Mm. That's where people interact. Mm. That's where the relationship patterns, decisions mm. happen between people. They don't happen in the boxes. They happen between the boxes. Mm. So if you want to create the culture, the value of the organization, pay attention mm. to what is happening in the white space between all those boxes on the organizational chart. I love that. And I don't, and I don't think we spend enough time focusing mm. on that. Mm. And sadly, I'm going to be very honest, early in my career, mm. uh, my whole goal was what box can I get to? Yes, yes. Right? Yes. And because both the organization and society, kind of mm. goes back to your question, we all be leaders, defines you, yes. and I define myself by the box that I occupy on the organizational chart. Yes, I hate this. Yes, you're so right. Yeah. As opposed to, What's the contribution mm. that I bring? Mm. And, and when we think about it, every employee, like Mary, in my example, every employee has a gift. Mm. And they bring those gifts to work every day. So the real leader figures out a way, how do I use, tap that gift and how do I ensure I take away all the systemic and emotional barriers, mm -hmm. including the boxes on the organizational chart, that get in the way of allowing people's gifts to come forward? 100%. And the real great organizations have figured that out. 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah. And or almost towards the end, I took more time than I expected, but uh, how how has or was faith a part of your journey? Has faith been something that you're involved in that helped you? Because I, I kind of noticed um, a few things that you mentioned and you talked about uh, earlier where you, where you talked about like joy, peace, kindness. Um, so that kind of made me reflect on faith spirituality in a sense so was that part of your journey well you're very observant because <laughs> yeah. we didn't talk about that so you know, it's in my book so i'll i'll be a little personal here well i have yeah. been personal all the way along um i i mentioned my grandfather being mm. my great, greatest mentor in life um I, I didn't grow up in a great household. Mm. Uh, I didn't have a, a good relationship with my father, and my father wasn't present in the moment. And when he was, it was very mm. destructive. Mm. And my mother had a just, my mother was an angel. Mm. My mother, uh, faith was, was what kept her mm. and the family together. Mm. 
And so I, I, I got to feel and see that love. Mm. And, and my mother, I was the oldest. And so my mother built me up and honored the role that I played in our very complicated family and encouraged mm. me. And the combination of both my mother and my grandfather early, I, I learned how to de-escalate potential explosive situations by using humor or whatever, right? And so it, it's a great question. And so, yeah, I, I, I think the, the calmness of my mother, mm. the internal strength that she got mm. through her faith mm. to help her move through the torments of her life, mm. um, all of that taught me a lot. My grandfather was also a very faith-based individual. So mm. I think the combination of the two gave me a, a greater insight. Now, did it come immediately? No. Mm. Did I learn that in my, did I operate that way in my 20s and 30s and 40s? No. Mm. Um, because life's a journey. I mean, mm. it. Um, I, I grew into the leader I became. Mm. What what is interesting when I think again about the power of the journaling because I have journaled a fair bit about the influence mm -hmm. of those who have had on my development. Mm -hmm. I I began to really appreciate the how the their foundation of faith mm -hmm. because it was really a foundation mm -hmm. in humankind, if you will, mm -hmm. that even with all of the tragedy, all of the pain. Mm -hmm all of the suffering, there's still hope. And they walked it. Mm. Right? Mm. And and so. the thing is, it's not just, it's just, it's not just this idea of hope. It's, it's, I mean, it's not just this idea of like false hope or fake happiness, but it gives you this inner calmness that allows you to kind of move on uh, and focus on looking at life from a deeper perspective of the fact that you matter that you're human and remove your attachment to external things that just as fame money and everything external of you that can leave within a second um and you can lose at any moment completely agree i mean i mean life is fragile mm. and so one best take it everything i mean another expression of my grandfather was he said welcome every sunrise enjoy every sunset and in between be the best of you mm. yeah right yeah powerful right mm. and and when i think about again it was so poignant what you just said about that combination of faith and hope and moving forward. Going back to where we started our conversation, when I when I mentioned I'm an extremely lucky guy, mm -hmm. because over my career I've had a whole pile of people who have tapped me on the shoulder and helped pick me up and push mm -hmm. me down the road. But if I think about while they were all different in personality they all had some things in common. And what did they have in common? How they showed up. Mm -hmm. How they were present. That I actually mattered. Mm. 
in front of them, that they were willing to give me a chance. They were willing to share their wisdom with me. They were willing to help me grow as an individual by giving me challenges. They, when I mucked up and I did, they were there to give me good counsel and to help me build foundations of not mucking up again on that same kind of issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, were they all faith-based? No. Mm. But did they have, did they all carry inside them common values, principles mm. that shaped and guided their life? Yes. Mm. Mm. I say in the book, again, if I had a magic wand, in addition to journaling, I, I would I would really encourage leaders mm. to in their journal to write down and define what leadership means to them mm. and write out their leadership philosophy. Mm. Because it's got to be personal. Because when you make it personal, I think what happens over time it becomes like your moral compass. Mm. It helps you with your consistency. It helps you build your true north. When you start feeling you're kind of moving away from, you pull up your personal philosophy statement about leadership yeah. and it helps ground you again. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But it has to be you. Mm. just closing on this Warren Dennis who was one of my favorite authors and this is like 35 years ago who is who's known as the pioneer of contemporary leadership mm. said be yourself grow yourself do not walk around in borrowed clothes mm. do not be a copycat mm. and I I feel far too often in leadership development yeah. We're trying to create a recipe approach that you and I should be the same in terms of leadership. No, we should understand the science behind it, but the true art form, because that's mm -hmm. what leadership is, has to be your art and it has to be my art. Mm. When you were talking about this, it really reminded me of, you know how those, um, there were kind of those, things that come up a lot every once in a while that follow those steps to be a successful leader this morning routine this evening routine and at first when you get into this vibe like you want to do it and you end up not doing it perfectly and then you mess up and then you feel guilty and you feel you're not worthy enough but then you slowly start to figure out okay yes he's a leader yes he's successful but wait what he's suggesting does not work for me so why I have to force myself to do what he said is right for him and I need to believe that so like yeah like so right yeah hey, you, you got to make it your own but if you if you spend time defining mm. your leadership philosophy mm. you know it, it it's like and you've been there you walk into an organization and they have wallpaper framed throughout the organization with wonderful value statements, people are our most important, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we value respect and openness <laughs> and honesty. And then they never look at it. Yeah. yeah. 
So be very careful with top three list, top 10 list, top six list. But that's someone else telling you. Mm. Read it, yeah. Digest it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then make it work for you. Mm -hmm. 100%. So thank you so much for your time. I got the final question. Uh, so what is your definition of success? Ooh, wow. I guess my, my definition of success would be, it kind of goes back to reflection and self-awareness. Mm -hmm. It's when I authentically show up and are present in the moment mm -hmm. with family, mm -hmm. with friends, with colleagues. Mm -hmm. That to me is success. Does it always happen? No. Mm -hmm. Do I work on it? Yeah. Do I really work on it hard? Yeah. So that's kind of the definition. But in reality, I, and maybe it's because I'm at a stage of my life, but with honesty, I can say to you, I wouldn't trade my life with anybody. Would I like to have more money? Probably. Would I, would I like to be able to travel more? Probably. But that doesn't mean I don't, feel secure, happy with where I'm at. Mm. Um, I'm still in love with the girl I fell in love with in grade 10. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and she is my best friend and has always been my best friend. Yeah. I have, we have wonderful children who are now big adults and they they phone us a couple times a week. Our grandchildren phone us. We have good friends. We're healthy. You know, I got nothing to complain about. Yeah. So to me, that's success at the end of the day because it's it's about the personal things. It's it's not the things you buy. You said earlier, it's not about the money and the kind of house mm -hmm. you live in, the kind of car you drive. It's it's how do you feel inside, mm -hmm. right? And do you and do you truly feel that you're you're loved by other people. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, isn't that what it's all about at the end of the day? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. And for people who want to like learn more about your book and connect with you, where should they find you? So the book is on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place to find it. Mm -hmm. uh, my email address is hugh, H-U-G-H, at cultivateyourleadership, all one word, dot com. Awesome. And uh, you also have uh, LinkedIn? Oh, I do, but I don't, I can't remember, but I'm on LinkedIn. Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to yeah. tag you there. So no worries on that. Yeah. So yeah. And I would encourage anybody if you it just hook up, connect, and mm. then you'll, you'll see all of the crazy posts that I create yeah. on LinkedIn. So yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining me and here. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I just hope you have all an amazing, awesome rest of your day.